Hey, Nate, do you know how I make sure that I see all the art shows I need to see? It's Seesaw. It's a free app in the Apple Store. You can log in and click off all the gallery shows that you want to see in New York or Los Angeles or London. It covers all the major art cities. This is true. You go right in. It'll, it'll give you a whole list of all the galleries, like they're all the galleries you would want to see anyway, tell you what the show is, when the show is closing, and you can then click on it, make yourself a custom map so you can walk around and, uh, and not miss any shows. Seesaw, it's free. It's in the App Store. Nate, happy Gay Pride Month. It's June. Happy National Clandestino Can Stay Open Until 4 a.m. Day. Is that true? Is that what, is that what our, our is. is that what our um, dirty governor says? Our governor has allowed us to once again blackout until 4 a.m. Well, I think dive bar. I think he's just he's just looking to swoop in outside Clandestino about 401. Hey, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Sub governor. Do you remember when everyone was like all, all the ladies on, on on Twitter and even Instagram were like so in love with their beautiful governor about a year ago yeah, this time? They all were standing him on Twitter. Yeah, that he, was a he really was like fun the, moment. He was the daddy figure. Little did they realize that <laughs> daddy he was, Cuomo. He was daddy bad touch. <laughs> um. Anyway, here we are back again, sweating in my office in beautiful Union Square. Um. What's going on? It's Tuesday. It's we're, Tuesday. Da- we're day late, but that's thanks. We we were um honoring yesterday the troops. Was a holiday. I actually I went to Old Town Bar yesterday to try to get a beer and a Caesar salad for lunch, and they had a sign that says "Closed for Memorial Day, lest we forget." And you know, fair enough. You know, people like businesses were closed. That beer might have made you forget. Um, <laughs> wasn't you were back in New York yesterday? I got back late Sunday night. Yes, it was kind of a whirlwind tour. But you went, you went to Down East Maine. Yeah, is that uh, right? It's just right across the border from Massachusetts. So not in. Well, I mean, there's a state. There's New Hampshire's in between. Uh, I think that we didn't actually pass through New Hampshire. You, you, I mean, unless you bended the laws of space and time, you <laughs> most very cer- briefly. You most and geography, you most certainly did. I was go through beautiful Portsmouth, New Hampshire, where they have a great state Th- liquor did, store. Yes, we went through that, and I actually have been in that liquor store. It's phenomenal. They have merch for that liquor store. It's so famous. Um, but we didn't stop there because we didn't need liquor. But I, but I do enjoy that that liquor store. So you you went up to uh, uh, the the fancy part of Maine for one night. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. It was it was certainly beautiful. I don't think it was Bar Harbor fancy, but it was like a really really beautiful town. And I ate some incredible lobster. How many? Uh, three in twenty hours, I think. Pretty pretty, pretty good. good right? Pretty yeah, yeah. pretty good. Uh huh. And then I mean, are they tastier than those crabs of your mid Atlantic region? Mm-hmm. My my cold water. I I lobster made or some David Foster Wallace, which is fun. Yeah. The, the ladies really love that. They love David Foster Wallace almost always, and they especially love a young literary graduate from Duke University mansplaining it to them. It was it was a tongue-in-cheek mansplaining. I, I, I hope so. I think we should dial into whoever the recipient of this of the splaining was to see I'm how sorry. tongue-in-cheek they found it. Um, listen, I'm, I'll, I'll stand. I'll, I'll stand for DFW. I'll stand. You know, it's embarrassing, but I can't yeah. help it. I was 18 once and was really impressed by the footnotes and mm-hmm. the discursiveness. And uh, after the, after one night in Maine, we drove to uh, rainy, miserable Cambridge, Massachusetts. Shout your out to my hometown. Um, and honestly, one night in Cambridge is, is quite lovely. We walked around Harvard Yard. And probably enough. Yeah, certainly enough. We went to a very unremarkable bar called Shays. That- oh, I think all bars in Boston either called Murphs or Shays. <laughs> right. But then... We went to a really great restaurant called Waypoint. It was a great seafood restaurant with some fantastic oysters. And they had this sort of spin on calamari that was fried smelt. Were, were they Wellfleet oysters from Cape Cod? 
Uh, there was a, a, a mixed variety, but I maybe some from Duxbury. Quite possibly, I, I wasn't really paying attention when they said where they were from, but they were all really good. And then we got a, a whole Branzino. Did, did a clam could they pizza. mix? Could they mix some oh, and a pizza? Well, we just got like for the table. We got like yeah, a just a little fish snack. Pizza. Yeah, just like you know. A few th- could they mix a martini? They could, and they did three times for, for Papa. I am not certain I've ever had a legal drink in the state of... Well, certainly not in the city of Boston. Definitely in the state of Massachusetts, hmm. if you include Cape Cod and the Islands. So you just never, you've never gone back? No. Huh. No. I, it was a, a fantastic place to grow up. I certainly right. wouldn't want to live there. Shout out to all four of our listeners in the Boston area. <laughs> Respect. I, I got some emails about our, our Boston shit-talking last week, actually. Um, well, you know, I, I, like, there's I, museums there. I, I do stand for the, there are some great museums there. Um, I'm the man I am today, if I am any man at all because of them. Uh, but I do stand for the Boston sports teams, but they had a rough couple nights, the Bruins oh, and the Celtics. God. So, um, we'll, 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 we'll move on. No, no one's, no one's dying into this with fucking sports talk anyway. <laughs> no. I can guarantee that. Um, so then you came back after, so you were away two nights back. Okay. Yeah. I, I came back, uh, late Sunday. So I missed the, the, the big party at Paul's Casablanca. The reopening, that, of, Paul's the reopening of Paul's yeah. Um, I did see uh, one of the bartenders last night at Lucien who told me that it was a great success. Was it lit, as it were? It was apparently very, very lit. And that's where the that's that is the former sway where the Morrissey night mm-hmm. used to be. Is that how I located yes. in my elderly brain? And, and and last night was it was a Sunday, and because they always did Morrissey nights on on Sundays, and so last night was it was an unofficial slash two nights ago. Uh, was uh, Morrissey Night. I was asking if Lu- I, I know. I, I know that um, uh, Oliver Zam from Purple Magazine mm-hmm. flew in for it. He, he, wow, he, he was, that he is a story. God, Olivier, it's, if you're listening, kudos to you, my brother. I mean, if anyone's committed to a party, it's going to be Olivier. <laughs> right. Uh, he was down in Mexico City when I was there. Right? I, I, I think he was returning there. I mean, we're, we're not close, but I, I follow his stories. Oh, yeah. He's a must-follow on Instagram, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, how he hasn't been canceled is <laughs> anyone's <laughs> business. Oh. Maybe uh, he's just so, so beyond it, um, so upfront with his interests in life. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, I missed the party. I heard it was fun. Shout out to Ludwig at the door. Uh, yeah, make sure you're, make sure in good sense. Maybe <laughs> maybe some Sunday I'll be uh, I'll be ambulatory to go to. That's usually kind of a kids' day. We were we were full familiar gear out in east in Sag Harbor. How, how was the first weekend in the Hamptons? It was fucking rainy, bro. Yeah. We had a bunch of crazy kids. They swam in forty five degree weather. I had to jump in and save a kid who jumped into the deep end and didn't know how to swim. You saved a child's life. I jumped in fully clothed, wallet in the pocket, phone in the pocket. Oh my god! Key fob to my brand new car, which was the thing I was most worried about not working. You're also, an American hero. Yeah, I mean. His mom was another ten feet away. She would have gotten there, I think. But he bobbed down. He bobbed down once. He kind of surfaced. I was like, "Oh, maybe he's okay." He bobbed down the second time. I was like, "I'm going in, leather boots and everything." Man, Jumped in. I'm out here talking about cold. Ludwig letting people in the nightclubs, and you're out in the Hamptons saving kids' lives. Yeah, you know, just it's just how I go. You know, I don't make a big deal about it. Just, just is what it is. <laughs> um, lots of children. Um, I was hanging out with my friend uh, Teeny Christina Rybar, who is. Um, uh, one of the friends of the New Museum Triennial. She was telling me mm-hmm. all about the presentations that they have seen. Or all about nothing. Wow. Nothing that she Anything shouldn't have been telling reveal? me. No, I mean it's just you know just how excited she was for the for the lineup. Um, Amazing. And uh, and so that was kind of cool. A little art adjacent Is talk that there. opening in the. Spring? It's not not until the fall, not until the fall. This this fall, though. yeah, it's okay. coming fall. Okay, good, good. If I read the website li- right, uh, there were a bunch of art events going on out there. Rashid Johnson created a show at the House and Worth right. Gallery in Southampton. I don't drive that far, especially not if it's raining, so I missed it. Damn, just by it looks my love good. Rashid, looked great. Uh, a bunch of really good artists, including his wife uh, Shri Sepian, who is a killer um, photographer. Rashid has a creative time performance thing happening. Uh, an Astor Place later this week, and they're setting it up right now. I walked by it. What looks did, really cool. What day? It's not in my book. 
I think it's Saturday. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. maybe. Maybe. I would like to go. Um, yeah, so we didn't go to that. I was invited to a very nice nice party uh, sponsored by Casa Droganas, one of the, the great uh, tequila brands in the world. I think I saw some pictures of yeah. that. I think our friend, yeah. friend of the pod, Meredith Darrow, was there. She was, Yeah, she was, she was kind enough to offer me a ride, but I was deep in, I was deep in family zone at 5 o'clock on a Saturday. And again, it was raining. I do like the Casa Dragones, though. Oh, dude, and they well, they I think it's a very smart branding thing where they've like over the past I think probably ten years, starting with Kareem Enzudo, I think working out mm-hmm. from there, have inserted themselves into the global art world in a way that like it was I think it's like a, a great example of a brand using art, not pushing it too far, like not not mm-hmm. like throwing like random parties just because there's an art buzz going on, but really working with galleries to fund dinners and drop their stuff, and it's given me quite a taste for the good stuff. Um, not cheap to actually no. buy it on your own. I've been no. gifted a number of bottles uh, by them and galleries over the years, and then when I. Go to buy it myself. We're talking about like a quarter thousand dollars, like two two hundred fifty bucks or it something really for is. the nice it's, stuff. It's it's quite expensive, and I try to stay cognizant of that when I'm drinking free glasses of it. You know, by meaning you drink as much as humanly possible. That's uh, one way to put it. Yes, um, nothing no, no, nothing wrong with that. Um, so I didn't go to that. I feel like I skipped. Oh, the 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 church, which is Eric Fischel and his wife April Gorbnik's um, space in Sag Harbor is now mm-hmm. open. Looks beautiful from the outside. Again, I didn't go. There was like you have to make reservations. It seemed right. very complicated. But I did on sun, uh, Monday morning, Memorial Day itself. I was walking into town to get a coffee for everyone that was in the in, in the houses, still sleeping. There were some younger twenty and thirty somethings that were still snoozing off the night before to get them some coffees. Got stuck in like a traditional old school Memorial Day parade, like you know, the VFW, um, the the uh, Gold Star Mothers, which was like a little bit affecting, but also the volunteer firefighters, like uh, the whole the whole King Caboodle, No cops, which I liked, just firefighters. Mm-hmm. Props to that. Um, anyway, gets, got stuck in that traffic, and, and part of it was then they stopped in the middle of town in Sag Harbor to uh, play taps and do a twenty one gun salute and etc. And I noticed uh, on the on the outskirts of the crowd, like I was. But across the across the town commons, there there was Eric Fisher and his wife just kind of taking it, taking just, a little slice of Americana. Americans just enjoying just America. a, an American tradition. America here in uh, Sag Harbor. Yeah, I mean, I think I texted you. I woke up and got stuck in a little bit of Americana, and you're like, "There's none of that in New York City," which brought brought up my point. That's why we live here. Mm-hmm. Um, none of that shit here. So that's it. I'm trying to think. Do, did did you go? Uh, did you before the Memorial the Mem's Day holiday? Well, I guess we haven't really spoken since we had a, we had a very delayed but nice uh, pizza dinner mm-hmm. uh, down in the Lower East Side at very uh, Scars. Mm-hmm. Super fun night. It was yep. a great commingling of Mills Moran's great friends here in New York from the art world, as well as his art world, but also I believe his um. What would they buddies. call it? Fantasy basketball. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, sounds so infantile when I say it. The league, so he had to buy all our pizza. <laughs> oh, that's why he was paying. I thought it was yeah. just because he had a, 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 a smash success sold out show at the Broadway Gallery. Well, there's also that, but and, no, and this... his t-shirt lines and mm-hmm. a new baby. Um, yeah, shout out Jacob Gallagher writing about Schritz in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anytime, I think you've already shouted at Jacob actually. <laughs> probably. Um, anytime you get to see quotes, for me, it's a positive thing. The kid's hilarious, super smart. Oh yeah. Uh, from food to pop culture, I'm also now in a tech thread with him about some uh, tech thread, a text thread about some uh, popular TV shows and well, that's uh, fun. highly entertaining, highly entertaining addition to the group chat. Yeah, I, I talked to Quo and Ben Dietrich about basketball quite. Oh, uh, Dietrich! I don't know anything about basketball, but I love Dietrich. They they have a podcast. That kid is also great. It's, it's like this but it's about basketball and it's successful yes it's very good i'd say wildly successful i would say cookies is wildly successful yes oh, like way more successful thousands than and well i mean that's a low bar but i, mean, I think they have thousands <laughs> and thousands of listeners yeah at least so yeah 
just again, like, I'm so short. I don't really like basketball. Mm-hmm. It's always felt very foreign to me. But I hear that it's a great podcast. I like them all. Definitely, have never listened to it. Um, but, I am. Uh, I am getting my tennis game going on though in preparation for the I summer. Need to get some new new sneaks actually for that. Paragon right across the way. Yeah, there we Can't go. Hurt. Um, so I've been playing with our uh, uh, frequent uh, co uh, uh, occasional co-host Andrew Newstein uh, mm-hmm. uh, quite well, and uh, and a couple of other people. Well, um, I a few nights after we got that very lovely but very chill pizza night, I went to Estella, Ignacio Matos's. Oh yeah, that's right. There, how was it? I haven't seen you. It so was much. so fantastic. It was it was you know it's always like a wealth of riches there. You just like one course after another, and everything is more delicious than the last. And like it's just you leave so full, but just so happy. Oh, it was incredible. It's a nice little room. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I think I prefer the Altro Paradiso. I don't know. I mean, I know it's not the OG. I know that um, I Estella is the OG. Estella but. is like a once every six months thing, whereas I could probably go to Altro once a week if I really wanted to. L- legit, different you know, thing, different yeah, thing. Exactly. It's like like all the classics of the comfort is there in Altro, but you know, Estella is a really special, special place. I was due to go to uh, Shema. What's it called? The place uh, Shema Tant. on Wednesday. I had a nice eight o'clock reservation. My wife and I looked at each other. Uh, Wednesday late afternoon early evening like we are too old to go to fucking Brooklyn at 8pm on a Wednesday night so ended up just going to Cafe Luxembourg always a classic it's basically the Odeon transported uptown but nothing to brag about but delicious is great but yeah it's kind of pushing it to travel to Greenpoint to go there the last time I went I was just in the neighborhood and we popped in it was really nice yeah you guys just got me all all jazzed up Um, in terms of the art world in general I, not too much going on. Kind of a quiet moment. I mean, I'm, there's like all sorts of secondary deals. People are buying art. It's not that that's quiet, but in terms of the news, not much is leaking out. I think as we get closer to the digital version of Basel, maybe there'll be some more announcements. I know David Warner is doing a really, um, something we'll talk about going up, a really kind of um, interesting new form of VIP opening online. Mm-hmm. We'll see what that's like. Feels like it's a year too late, but um, they usually yeah, do things well. Um, and uh, I, other than that, Christina Quarles, a very talented painter, um, uh, just announced her representation by the House and Verth Gallery, so the 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 mega galleries continue to gobble up young talent. Mm-hmm. Although she is staying with Pilar uh, in which London, is which is nice. Yeah, she, Pilar, she had been showing with um, Sean Regan in LA, and it yeah, seems to be kaput. That's definitely kaput. There was actually <laughs> um, her CV on Pilar's website before the before the Hazard News was announced, listed a solo show forthcoming in 2021 at Regan Projects. The next day, the CV had been amended. <laughs> I like the efficiency. Yeah. I like the efficiency. I mean, the team that Polar has, they're, they're pretty special over there. It's one, oh, of yeah. my, it's one of my favorite standalone galleries. They, they get some good energy and a great, mm-hmm. and a great roster. Um, other than that, I mean, lo- lots of text threads, but nothing that can, we can really speak about publicly, I Do don't think. Do we have think. to talk about the art world on this thing? I hope not. I spent all day with these people. It's a little <laughs> bit much. Um, I'd much rather talk about food and drink. And what's going on this week? Uh, so we got Rashid's thing maybe Thursday, Wednesday, you said. Yeah, uh, and then there's a few other things going on. Uh, I mean, uh, oh, on th- on Thursday there is uh, the opening of Lonty Eber's space exactly. in Brooklyn, whose which name is escaping me. Amont. Amont. Yes, and it's in like Bushwick, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I'm realizing now with the RSVP, I cannot go. It is my daughter's third birthday. That wow. would be a bad look. I'm gonna go. But Lonti's like really cool. I knew oh, her yeah, from back amazing. in the day when I was. She was a trustee at the new museum when I was employed there. Something we'll get into with um, Alex Shulin, our guest coming up, who's also there while I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was just always seemed very cool, and I see her around. But like, it wasn't until the past couple of years I've noticed as I look at wall labels of important art exhibitions, how often her, she is the lender to museum shows, mm-hmm. uh, including a significant portion of the day. 
David Hammond's body prints that are in the, I think the show that's still up at the drawing that, center. That is true. Uh, it was, I think, in 2017 when I was still at Art News Magazine when uh, me and Sarah Douglas and a few other people decided to put her on the top 200 collectors list uh, because she had just sort of moved up in the echelon. And uh, the opening of, of, of her foundation slash space is definitely another step forward and i'm really excited yeah, to see huge, it. a huge step forward do we know where where, where does this, where, where does her uh her where do her funds come from mm. is she self-made does she is she in the working world i meant to look that up before i go to the thing on thursday but i'm not entirely sure yeah uh, you know i'm just always you know always always like to pocket check mm-hmm. always like to know yeah so that'll be fun um well you'll have to report back to me because i won't make it and I, I do think you know i got a little flack for us no longer doing our our clubhouse talks but i think we can all agree that clubhouse is over this is over the weekend uh, someone was was kvetching about how they missed their friday as a west coast person their friday morning wake up with us um i, I but, get that to an extent but like this shit's so much better than than 100 clubhouse like at the end like we were like quite literally phoning it in uh, but yeah i was sitting in my car in palm beach but i think we can use this channel uh to make ourselves accountable to it to announce that we will begin doing uh, occasional perhaps always twice weekly podcasts certainly when we're in the season you're hearing it here first so tune in probably get it up online like friday morning which is a quick hit mm-hmm. and now that nate is uh nate is in his ivory tower behind the paywall uh, not everyone might always catch the always catch the call. I'm going to run through the top news stories that he has reported from the world of art gossip. He is the art world's number one gossip columnist. Totally, and a couple other things. So if if you're if, if one hour of us eno- isn't enough each week, and really how could it be? Um, tune in uh, on Friday and hear us then. Double the Nona Bene. Doubling it up. Uh, I think with that, we are going to get to our guest. As I said, we have Alexander Shulin coming up, uh, the proprietor of Lomax Gallery, recently um, changed to his space down in Tribeca. We're going to ask him all about his history, his program, all that. Stay tuned. Shulin's the man. Right after this. Welcome back to Note Bene. We are joined now by proprietor of Lomax Gallery, Alexander Shulin, what is going on, Alex? Hi, Ben. How are you? I'm good. What's going on? Alex, it's so good to have you on the pod. This is amazing. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I know. There's a lot of technology here. I think <laughs> I think we're all a little weirded out. We're used to... This is a natural. legit pod studio. Yeah, everyone's always a little bit surprised that we're actually kind of doing this correctly. They're like, well, it sounds like such shit, but you have all this gear. I, I don't get it. <laughs> I'm, I just don't know how to use any of it. Mm. Um, anyway, we want to have Alex in here to talk about his gallery, his life, everything else. I've known Alex for a while. We both worked at the New Museum around the same time 10 years ago. I was... I think I was 19... Wow. So maybe 12 years ago? Could that be right? Maybe 10 years ago? 12 years ago could be right, but it makes me feel... What were you two doing at the New Museum? I was Ben's intern. Right. I I wasn't going to blow that spot up. I was was just going to let that... I was going to say we just worked there. I can wear that badge with pride. What was that like? I mean, I I could hardly find my Well, I was pretty truant myself. If you remember, I would come in like 2, 3 o'clock as if I owned the place. (laughs) It seems like a job where you can like actually do that and like get away with it. I mean, my assistant who I pay does that, so I don't know. <laughs> Megan would never do that to me. Shout out, Megan. <laughs> I feel like I'm tr- I feel like I'm true to her. I text her. I'm so sorry. I'm running late. I'm gonna be in late. So that was 12 years ago. You were at the time a student at I want to say University of Chicago. That's Is correct. That right? Yeah, that's correct. What was it like working for me? Is it weird? I don't really remember anything. Like, I remember you, but I don't well, really remember I, it, what were we it, working on. Um, well, I remember Richard Flood had me preparing this index of feminist art for him. Wow. And he was like, I can't look at this stuff, Alex. It's too many vaginas. 
can you do it for me? And I, and so I was you like, were the vagina guy. And I was not used to uh, people being that off the cuff. <laughs> I guess that's, but that's what we're doing. But it was very... And so I remember I worked on that for about three months. And oh, then, shout out to Richard Flood. Absolute American hero. Um, just tell it how it is. But so I worked on this this uh, folio which i don't think we actually ever um, was used for anything welcome to the museums yeah and then um and then i worked with you and the other curators on the uh younger than jesus show i think that's right yeah totally yeah. totally so that, you, uh, you were still an undergraduate then i was i think i was actually 19 years old so wow. you, so you were out of school or you're still in i school? took a year off school of course you did yeah. <laughs> of course you did but I, I i was like this intern extraordinaire where I was working for you, for Jeffrey Deitch, and Gavin Brown. That's wow. right. Wow, that's, that's, those are three very different cats. Um, that's awful ambitious of you. Was that to like, make up for some guilt that you felt for having yeah. left school for a year? I think so. Yeah, I get that. I get the guilt. That's an education, though. But, there was, I mean, you, were, but you, weren't, you, you didn't travel to New York. You were from here. You grew up in yeah, the city, yeah? Yeah, in And at that ca- point, I basically hadn't really left New York either. I mean, Chicago doesn't count, right? Well, I'd gone to Chicago, but I hadn't really left the States very much. Yeah. Um, so you then went back to school yeah, for a number of years. You graduated, yeah? For three more years, I guess, and then I graduated, yeah. And so I did, obviously didn't see you, I don't think, for a number of years. And then you, you were doing a lot of writing. That's when I first saw you reemerge, right? You were writing for the Brooklyn Rail a lot. And where yeah, else? and other art. I was editing Kaleidoscope, the uh, Italian mm. art magazine. Definitely have never heard of it. <laughs> you've, you've read Kaleidoscope. I can barely read my own name, bro. Yeah, fair. There's a lot of big pictures, so it might oh, be my well, maybe you. I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I surround myself by books here, but that's all just, that's a game. Yeah, it's not quite texture kunst. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> you should see me trying to read the issue of October. <laughs> Start uh, drooling, it's really ugly. Um, so, but clearly an intellectual, but um, how did you move into organizing shows and having a gallery? Was it like a natural thing? Like, what was uh, the deal? What was, was Jason Alexander the first I. I wanted to. I feel like after my my stint of interning for everyone in New York that I could get my hands on from. I mean, I started from just. I just walked into Deitch and asked them at the asked Kathy. She was my first boss, and she was like, "Okay." I then sort of almost couldn't get a job. I think maybe because of having done that weirdly, <laughs> which I kind of understand because people and people don't want to hire people they think want their job. Their job, you know, but you yeah. only want to hire someone that wants your job because that's the only way to hire anyone with any intelligence. But you have ambition. to find it's like a weird thing that you have to balance, I guess. Yeah, there's an old LCD sound system song about it. <laughs> yes, there is. Um, the kids are coming out from behind. Yeah. So I I started organizing shows with my friends, which was kind of the the beginning. Like who were you organizing it with? Um, well, the first show I did with this artist Jason Lee, we did a couple shows together, mm-hmm. and at the time. Um, both of us were working in non-art world jobs, and we just saved a little bit of money and rented a space on Canal Street. This must, must have been when I was 23 or 24, and we had like 20 artists in the show, half of which were our friends, and the other half were just anyone we could think of who we thought would agree, wow. which was like not, not a very... Uh, no, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm familiar with that curatorial <laughs> strategy. Who will say yes? <laughs> um, I, yeah. Who was in that show? I feel like I was looking at... At, at, uh, uh, there were a number roster. of people in that show who like have then gone on to other things. Like Darren Bader was in it. Darren ha- made this. The basement was filled with broken sewing machines, and Darren was really adamant that I would uh, list this work as work by Carol Beauvais. <laughs> <laughs> 
And did you? I was like, at the time, I was you know terrified. I didn't understand how the power regimes of the art world work. So I thought that if we did that, we would get sued, which we probably wouldn't have. But he was really adamant. But then I was too scared to do it, which I probably should have done it. In I like that Darren was trying to push you. That feels like a very Darren provision. But he really was really um, pushing me and Jason. I have to say, quite hard with the That's show. That's really really good. Uh, Darren's a new dad. Oh, I did not know that. Congratulations, yeah. Darren. Um, great guy. He's going to be a pretty fun and pretty weird dad. I'm into it. Much like myself. Um, so you're doing these kind of, would you call them gorilla? Or kind of like... Uh, yeah, gorilla is the PR euphemism for like, you know, something that we just... Sl- yeah, I, was, I was reading your extensive press today and it referred to them as PR, as gorilla style. Wow, that's, such a, that's such a timesian term. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, there's like, we don't know what this is. Just call it gorilla. <laughs> it's, like you're, it's like you're an insurgency in Southeast Asia, jungle fighting against the American imperialists. Yeah, it's sort of the opposite. It's like trying to attract them to the power structure like 2013-14 something like that and you you open Lomax uh, 2015 so a couple years afterwards you do yeah. that for, for a little bit as you're working what, what was your non-art world job the magazine or uh, well I mean it was sort of art related but I worked for Robert Wilson uh, uh, theater director for, yeah, a really, for a long time for five years I didn't know that yeah what did, but, you, what, what did you do there? Like Uncle administrative Bob. stuff? Or? I, I, was, Uncle I, Bob. Uh, I was both his art handler, which is insane, because I have zero talent in that capacity whatsoever. <laughs> and um, then I was also like working on the auction committee for their, their benefit. They have a water mill mm, every yeah, year. Yeah. And then just a, an administrator, and also just like he had me gardening and... And like doing all kinds I of bet, weird, I bet weird he did. Stuff. did, he did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one way to put it. But no. Uh, <laughs> hey, any way to get in the art world, man. <laughs> uh, so, were you living out there? I was. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. yeah. And I, and when he was abroad, I would live in his room. That's that's super fun. It was very weird. Did like Marina and Lady Gaga like swing by? They did. Yeah. And um, <laughs> you don't seem so excited I, about that. I uh, I like worked with both of them in briefly. Lady Gaga was more off in the distance, and Bob was sort of, I mean, he's really into celebrity and all of his manifestations, so he would say sort of things like, oh, she's just this broken genius, and she calls me in the middle of the night crying, and wow. just she's such a tortured soul, how can she navigate such a difficult world of fame, this kind of thing. But then Marina, um, she had this event where she was basically raising money for what was called MAI, which was like a museum that never happened. In Hudson, right? Yeah. yeah. And they had yeah, us, what happened to that? I don't know, but um, they had they had the some of the people who were working for him, and then some of his like kind of summer fellows participated in a, in a sort of pseudo scientific research conference with her, where we would recreate her performances for um, uh, hours at a time as as a kind of like uh, psychosocial experiment. So they had me stare into the eyes of the chair of biotechnology at Harvard University for like an hour without breaking eye contact. And she started weeping, telling me that I look like her son and what, what, a, like, what a powerful expression of pathos this experience was, this sort of thing. So it was a weird job. Yeah, I mean, it <laughs> sounds, just, sounds extremely normal. I wouldn't expect anything less from Bob. Uh, I was just, I was, just clock in office job, right? Yeah. I don't know. I'll get shot for this, but I was pretty happy when the benefit was canceled last year, and I hope it's canceled again this year. So I never have to go to that weird thing again. It's I'll be weird. a happier it's man. Yeah, I've been a few was, times. Oh, God, one time I spent a lot of time with uh, Ja Rule at the Watermill Benefit, which was a lot of fun. As one does. Yeah. As one does. It was very strange. 
you go from that naturally to deciding that you want to take on the reins of opening a gallery. I can't imagine why, like paying rent and having a lease and all I of that. I have no idea. I'll let you, you tell had. the story of the space. It was an amazing space on the Bowery, not not far from where we work together at the New Museum, um, uh, up several flights in this kind of attic-adjacent space, I would call it. Um, and it had, the space had a cool history, right? Yeah, I mean, it was like I, I looked for... Basically because the gallery started with no... Uh, infrastructure to support it either like internally with my own finances or something or from externally in terms of backer or even a totally directed cl- collector base and i was kind of naive in that capacity where i imagined that um you could just start a gallery in new york city and it would work immediately like if you build it they will come that's what i that's what i thought but also i was so eager from having worked for so many other people and seeing them um having success with this that i was like really adamant to try to do it myself but um, I looked for a long time with a number of the artists that I worked with at the beginning of the gallery uh, for a space that I thought would have an element of like something that people could respond to. Because also I felt that the way that um, a lot of, at that moment, I think there was like a, a really heavy regime of people looking at images online of shows. And that was like a new thing at that moment. So like Contemporary Daily, these things were becoming a really standard model for for experience of an exhibition so i sort of was looking for a space that in terms of its visual in it, as a as a picture that would be exciting or like look different so that anywhere you saw the images it would be like they had a signature on them yeah yeah smart um and then at the same time also trying to find a space that was like unusual for the artist so that it would be an interesting place to do shows i didn't realize how many challenges like logistically having such a weird space would present but while I was looking for the space, um, weirdly, I, I looked for like maybe four or five months. I found, uh, I mean, and the conditions for the rental was basically that they weren't, they, they wouldn't um, need a high credit rating from me and where I could like pay almost month to month or the landlord was in like a weird situation where it, would, it wouldn't, um, <clears throat> there wouldn't be like, a, you know, many, a multiple requirement for the lease. And uh, and somewhere that I thought was downtown were like the only two conditions. So I saw this one space that was this attic, and then a couple of days later I was at Hauser and Worth, and they had this some Ava Hess sculpture or something, and they had an image of her in her studio. And I was like, I think I was just there two days ago, wow. and I realized that um, the space I looked at was her old studio. So it sort of made immediate sense for me to open the gallery there, because I thought it was nice to like reinvigorate that space. And and I I'd, I read the Lucy Lippard book about um her the history of of her in that in that building and it was like i I always really it was a really uh at a certain point in my life like a book i really liked so it was like i i found the sort of kismet that i had had kind of a totemic quality to it uh, or something i mean i think it all things go back to richard flow to make you do that feminist early (laughs) and uh the name for the gallery is great lomax which was uh the um it was the the highway overpass uh, that Robert Moses um, suggested, or or was a proponent of cutting through Soho. Yeah, uh, in the was it late fifties, I guess early fifties. Yeah, it, it it was it was. I mean, when I moved into the building, the um, rental conditions were really hostile, which was both an adva- advantage to me at that moment because I was able to get the lease, but um, the I, it was immediately apparent to me that the building was going to be torn down uh, at some point. And the landlord, there was one older, um, one older woman who was living next door who'd been an artist there since the 60s, and she was very afraid of losing the building. So she was locked in a permanent fight with the landlord. So I didn't know what to call the gallery, but I kind of, 
the the landlord the uh, uh, <clears throat> the realtor had kind of intimated to me that if I ever made any incursions to trying to protect the building or bringing attention to the building's history that I would be evicted immediately or that it would be a huge issue with me and my landlord and they wouldn't renew my lease um, huh. because my lease was very short term at the beginning so it was on it was rotating windows because I had such poor credit but um, I wanted to find a name that would allow me to get attention of the historical society without aggravating my landlord interesting, interesting. so I don't it, like I, I never intended for the um, the gallery to be like uh, re referential to like downtown history in such an overt way, but it was kind of like I liked the name. I thought it sounded vaguely dystopian or foreboding, and I liked that it would it it, it had and it did have the effect of getting the historical. Society I mean, it has a, it has a somewhat seventies vibe to it. The name totally. it feels like it's an acronym for something like maybe perhaps political or, or otherwise. Totally, um, like you know. Um, can't think of an example. Um, so I always kind of dug the name, and the building was amazing. I mean, it was a pain in the ass, and hanging shows there. Oh, I, it was a nightmare. I think I'm, they looked. I mean, they looked good, but I think they maybe your impetus was correct in that they looked great in images because it had a very distinct visual yeah, style right. that wasn't just a plain, you know, Germanic white cube. Um, but uh, but I think it probably showed its limitations. But you lasted five years there. Yeah, five years. I, I mean, I, I was in the top floor for for three, and then I moved down one flight to a slightly bigger space. But it was interesting also because even with regards to the image conversation, I think like only in the last three years has Instagram become a more dominant model for for people viewing exhibitions. And even like my visual acuity with the, the shows was still sized to a regular photo, not like the, the kind of photos you see on Instagram. So I wonder like younger people now starting galleries with this kind of awareness might pick a different space. Yeah, I mean, the contemporary art daily, kind of, that, that that is, like, an overarching thing, and it really only lasts, like, 18 months. And yeah. Like, for every artist, it was so important that their show got, or a certain type of artist, I should say, it was very important that their show got featured there, and et cetera. I think it still has a, a decent amount of influence. Does it really? Okay. Yeah, but, but it, I can't it, tell. But, I don't but, look but at it also it does remind me of that moment, you know, yeah. 2014. Um, um, and how did you go about, I mean, you had a pretty, like, from the beginning, a pretty stable roster of artists. Well, like, it was it was basically my entire friend circle. Okay, that makes sense. Um, as, as and, and it was sort of like when the gallery started, some people in my, my group of friends were, were getting picked up by galleries at the time. And I think it was actually really stressful for everybody because people were always wondering. It became hyper-competitive and uh, anxiety-inducing to, to a lot of the artists that I was around because there was kind of this uh, manifest destiny feeling about their, their role in the art world. But then, of course, these things are like psychological and not necessarily don't bear out in reality the way one one would expect so the um so the <clears throat> the gallery was in some ways if it, it to me it felt like it was born out of necessity because it would it would provided a place for artists whose work i liked to show and also like allowed me to keep my own um agency as a curator and as a writer with the, with respect to the people i was working with you know and to build our own context for the for the work they were doing and and as you said, you didn't you didn't come to the table with any deep seated connections with a collector base or deep pockets of your own no, or family no. members. No, I mean, so how did, how did you begin to develop as a like as a, as a, as a commercial entity that worked? Like, I mean, pr primarily through advisors because there were people that I knew socially. And God bless. Were uh, <laughs> were were more on the ground than some collectors. I mean, I actually was selling from day one, which is kind of surprising. And I think I sold from almost every show that I ever did. But for a lot of the shows, the work was, um, it had all kinds of, it was difficult work to collect is what I would say, to put it lightly. Like there was almost no uh, painting in the first year at all. 
um, I was almost anathema to the idea of showing painting was anathema to me because I felt that was almost like too commercial or in some capacity. So I wanted to, I mean, I had, I had, I think very idealistic sentiments about integrity. Um, I don't know where they came from. I think from the from people in the art world telling me this stuff, which I don't think is valid. <laughs> I would go back and yeah, because people now disabuse will, myself of those notions. People in the art world will tell you that yeah. to your face as they're selling as they're selling paintings. Yeah, selling like, their own children. Um, no, just as like you know, they're mostly buying and selling paintings. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, no, you're such a yeah a rudite, uh, non-commerce guy. But but I mean, I, I think in some ways it laid the groundwork for for the rest of my program. You know, but it, it was definitely a really brutal experience running a gallery like that. And for me, personally, just very... I mean, I, I, I discovered quickly that the majority of the audience for the kind of work I was exhibiting was in Europe. So I was constantly traveling there and constantly working, doing exhibitions abroad in sort of off spaces or these kinds of things, like the way that I'd started out in New York, because that, they were the places that I would make sales. Um, what, where exactly in Europe were you focused on? Like, I mean, I went a lot to, to France. There was a big collecting audience there. And then in, in Germany also. And then... I would do shows in London, but I had less commercial success there. What, what kind of shows did, did you do them like in other galleries, or uh, what were these? What were some these of them, like? yeah. So they were like, and then some were sponsored by collectors. Some were sort of between, you know, projects at at nonprofits, small nonprofits that I would then sell. So and and it was always like this very uh, ramshackle experience because. I would be taking sort of wow air with the whole show. Yeah, in, you were like in checking in the show. Checking or the shows, the you know. Um, Kai and I, when we did our first show, we went, we, we were, you know, Green Grassy hosted us for this art, uh, condo art exchange. And we stayed in a, um, like, a, it was an, a former prison that had been <laughs> converted into a, monas- a Buddhist monastery next to the uh, gallery. Wow. And it was 25 pounds a night for both of us. And then we slept. We took the entire show, which had, I think, six or seven paintings, some of which were full size, on Wow Air, on the undercarriage, <laughs> which was like the most stressful experience. It was like of, a stopover in um, Warsaw or something yeah, like that? Yeah, and, and, and there was a layover. And it was like unbe- unbearably stressful. And, I, and when we got there, one of the paintings... It, the painting itself was fine, but they, the the TSA had used a razor blade and just cut on the edge of the work. And the painting itself was okay, but I've never, like, it was completely taped up, and I've never been so frightened. Wow. You know. What would the TSA have done if they saw Kai's painting? Like, I actually went through, I've done multiple studio visits with TSA members. Because, like, really? they, like or, I mean, I'm kidding, but, like, they would, open the, <laughs> they would open the packages in front of me and be like, what's oh, this? Oh, wow. And I'd have to be like, oh, it's not a bomb. It's just, you know, it's a... <laughs> It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. or I would say I made it, and yeah. then they would be like, "Oh, you have such an eclectic style," and I'm like, "Well, I do some figurative work. You know? <laughs> I also make these found objects." For those who don't know, we're talking about Kai Christensen Knowles, an example of which is hanging on my wall, and the paintings are—I mean, they're hardcore. To, yeah. so, <laughs> it's not an art historical term, so I can only imagine what, a, what a, the kind of thing. If you made in high school, you'd definitely get referred to like a social worker. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah you can send it somewhere. <laughs> And I say that as someone who absolutely loves them and dies for them. And, and we'll, I want to get to the current show that's up now in the new space um, in a second. And when did you start doing Ferris? You're already traveling and doing these kind of... I did them, I did them really early. So I think I did Lista my, my second year of having the gallery. And <clears throat> I remember that. You were downstairs. It was that, a brutal that. experience, I yeah. have to say. Um, and I don't understand how galleries at the level that mine was at are able to do these Ferris. Because I... 
I was selling and still, I mean, I, I, I was lucky in that the gallery consistently sold, so it was able to support itself. I didn't really make much of a living from it, but it was able to stay open. Um, but the, the art fair system was brutal for me, I have to say. And I don't, I don't understand how these, you see a new gallery and they do 10 fairs in a year. I feel like if you do that, you're closed in two years usually. Yeah. Are you going to do as many when things start back up? I don't think so. Just because now there's the, uh, often the re reason I did so many fairs was because I couldn't get the works into my old space. Like I couldn't get a large painting into my old gallery. We would have to, there was one show where like the sculptures wouldn't even, we had to sort of remake them in and out of the space. So um, it presented in some ways, it was like a double-edged sword, but a financial necessity, even if it also was a financial burden. Because mm -hmm. you, were, you were definitely outgrowing your space well before the pandemic yeah. happened, right? But I was trying to move for a while, but um, it just was, there was, it was such a, a hardcore lo logistical component. I also think psychologically, it required like a lot of, um, like I needed some time to find something else. Yeah, I, I mean, even before the pandemic, you were, looking for spaces right? i was yeah yeah because i yeah i remember like finding a space and texting you like yeah like, like, i was looking for about six months before and then the pandemic did happen and like i wouldn't consider you the most tech savvy gallery right no yeah i mean you're like me like i mean you can get you can get online but that's about it yeah i mean uh, if you've seen my i mean i'm actually having someone fix my website yeah i was just, I was just looking today <laughs> <laughs> no, i made it myself it's, yeah it's like it's but like, yeah, there's someone right now it's like wordpress plugin working, style working on it it's made in html1 and i wrote it myself wow like, that's amazing. I, I really well, did. it looks it looks good from that from that vantage point but like i how, can't code that much how did you like so you didn't do any of the online fairy stuff did you or like uh, i did one but then i was really um <clears throat> anxious about it because i just about I still, I don't know, maybe the paradigm for this will change, but I'm very paranoid about information being distributed too widely about artist markets and these kinds of things. So, Like prices, you mean? Yeah, that kind of stuff. And I just like don't want things to seem too available or... or um, and I just like something about it seems kind of crude where I don't have that I don't have control over where the work ends up and don't necessarily build a relationship with the people. So I've only done one. I did Freeze London, and then the, but I sold the work before I put it online. So it seemed kind of like... I don't know, but it, but then it was sort of that that I felt was kind of helpful in some capacity. Yeah, I mean, it makes it seem desirable. Yeah. I mean, you know, but it's a luxury market that's predicated upon unavailability, especially right. for people that are used to having anything available to them for at sure. all right. times. Now, I was, I was talking to an artist at dinner last night who uh, I won't name, but uh, he said that he just put an, an artwork uh, on David Turner's platform that he himself had already bought, like him with his dealer, like just to have the work up there, and it was never for sale. It was just for sure. Like his, his own work that he had already bought. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, it, and it was like, is that worth it? He's like, yeah, absolutely. Just like, just to have the work, you know, in part of this thing, even if it's not mm. actually for sale. Weird. It's, yeah. like, it's kind of like bidding up your own work at auction. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, enough enough of my dark side of the world. Uh, so pandemic happens. You're are you 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 stayed in New York? I was here. I was here about seventy percent of the time. My my dad's in Connecticut, so I was there for part of it too. Okay. And uh, and then during like you're looking for a new space and like you it happened to become probably the best commercial renters market in the past twenty years. It's um, it's funny because I feel like it's now already stopped being that. Yeah, I think it has. But I I was pick I was at a moment where I would talk to my realtor and he said no one else is looking right now and I was like this is the time for me to sign a lease right now. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and, and it's 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 one it's an incredible space and you yeah. know it's right in the heart of the new Tribeca mm. Downey District. Uh, in fact, your old boss took the space underneath you immediately <laughs> afterward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, so you've, this is your second show that you currently have up. And yeah. it's a beautiful space, like classic, much more of a white box. You can definitely fit big, big paintings mm -hmm. in there. 
Um, do you like how do you, like what's your day like? Do you go there every day? Like every day that it's open? Um, I'm probably there. It's funny because with the I mean now I have an assistant, but with my older gallery, I was there seven days a week, and it was just relentless. Now I mean I'm also I'm in school very part time now. So hey, you're, you're, are you pursuing your, your your PhD? Yeah, I am. So um, in literature, so I'm do, I do that two days a week. What is your what is your research focus? Uh, it's on nineteenth century nineteenth uh, <laughs> century philosophy and epistemology. Like I guess it's say philology and epistemology. So it's on. It has nothing to do with my professional work, really, but it's on... It's so I, dope, though. I'm basically doing, like, the legacy of classical... Uh, a certain vein of classical scholarship into 19th century philosophy. So, like, ancient Greek. Nice and light. I yeah. like it. I like it. And you, you just started in the fall, right? Yeah. So, I... But it's probably... It's, it, I, I, I'm going to slow it down, because now that the art world is opening back up. It was, like, a nice thing for me to do. It was kind of what I did in undergrad. And when I did an undergrad, I was like, why am I doing this? This has no relationship to anything in the world. But I was just really interested in it in a, in a, 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 as an academic pursuit. And then I realized that I wanted to work in visual art. But then now, during the pandemic, I was like, I'm, I haven't been reading books at all. So I need to start doing this again. Like, like real books. Um, open the Space, uh, the first show was a massive success. New York okay, Times 14. review, as I recall. Uh, they, wrote, they wrote a profile of the yeah. gallery. But yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, I think that, yeah. Do you have a PR agent? <laughs> I plead the fifth on this. <laughs> Shout out, Caleb. <laughs> I know she listens. Uh, that's how you got this book, Anne. <laughs> it's not true. I'm teasing, I'm teasing. <laughs> um, and, uh, and recently, I mean, both Nate and I are obsessed with this Kai Christensen Knowles show. Yeah. Absolutely obsessed. Uh, I, I own the work. I've never, I've never sold it to a client. It's like just for me. It's my own, pri- <laughs> my own private delight. We're looking how, at it right now. Yeah. How did, you, how did you meet this kook? Um, I saw his work on the internet uh, through... Um, he, he, he was working with Julian Nguyen, who has a show at, mm-hmm. um, Matthew, Matthew Marks. Marks later this week. It looks amazing. That show. I, the paintings do look really fantastic, but, yeah. uh, I hope I'm not mispronouncing his last name. But, um, I've been told how to pronounce it on a number of occasions and yeah. it just doesn't stick in my Eurocentric uh, brain. Sorry, Julian, if you're listening, um, we'll pronounce your name right next he's time. He's not listening to him. No, I think he, he might be. Um, but, uh, I saw Kai, Kai was working with him as an, as and they were staying in my ex's apartment when um, Julian was was in New York for the Whitney, and I was talking. They had a party, and I was talking to him about. He started talking to me about like nineteenth century symbolist paintings or something or something really. As one does at a party. Something really York. obscure, and I was like, "What is that?" So I I asked her the next day, like, who is that kid? And he, is he an artist? Cause he was having this really specific, specific conversation with me, or it was about like Renaissance perspective or something like this, something like really obscure. Um, and then I wrote him an email and he sent me some of his paintings and that was that he'd never been in the show before we did the, um, first show at the gallery. We, I just gave him a solo show in four months. I walked into this fair and I knew that this, this must've been, this was listed, I don't know, three, four years ago. Yeah. And like, I saw this insane painting, and at the time was the most expensive, uh, the most I'd ever spent on an artwork. Wow. And I fell in love with it. I still don't understand. It. I just finally hung it uh, <laughs> up in my office. I can like stare at it. So I'm still just figuring it out. It's as disturbing as I remember really it in the, in the best way. It's so strange. <laughs> it's just maybe a jester like figure, uh, kind of. Uh, it kind sitting, of looks like him. Uh, right. Kind of, kind of sitting on this, uh, this kind of set of steps, kind of placed in space, and then these. I don't know, like 1990s <laughs> horror film, like masks just kind of floating around. Anyway, this is an auditory Batman. medium, and, and so we shouldn't talk too much about a specific visual thing, but uh, 
uh, I am very much in the love. The Scarecrow, and, I think it's from Batman right. or something. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah true. exactly, exactly. It's, it's it's a terrifying painting. And but the, and as terrifying as this I painting is, it. the paintings in the show that are up now are even more terrifying, <laughs> and I would argue better because of it. Yeah. yeah. What's the response been? Um, it's interesting. I think it's an exhibition that, I mean, for me, it is engaging in painting with a dialogue that is really novel. And, and I think that um, that's been, that's that's kind of been uh, what has always drawn me to his work and why I really believe in him as an artist, because it's very rare, especially with how saturated our experience is right now with painting. Like, I think every, everyone is looking at tons of paintings that you see something that you, that um, makes fosters connections that are unexpected well, it feel, to me it feels very um, fresh because it feels discordant with most of the things that I see and like you I have a troubled history with painting when I started out as a curator I thought like I would never ever show a painting I was the most regressive kind of form of art and now I quite love them but these in particular because they don't make sense in any of the categories that I've learned thus far at least in contemporary art of today like where they fit in and anything that makes me that uncomfortable visually generally is trying to tell me something important to hear yeah, I mean, they, in a lot of ways, they, they like participate in conversations that I feel like paintings are not supposed to. So there's a dialogue with illustration that I think is like something that in art school you're mandated to stay away from. Um, then they, they like experiment stylistically with different regimes, some of which are very out of favor and other ones which aren't. And, that's, and they mix high and low influences so you can see the, the images that could be like from trading cards mixed with things that are from like Marcel Duchamp or something like yeah, this. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, what's next? Summer, New York. New York's kind of like popping again. I mean, there, are there a lot of people in the gallery each day? It has been busy, I think, especially because of its placement relative to the other galleries and also a lot of people who've been in, in orbit of the gallery for a long time now that like the program has a, a, a place where it can be really unveiled. That's been a positive thing. So the gallery has been really, really busy. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of guilty as charged. I've now been to your new space probably in the past two months. <laughs> <laughs> the total number of times I went to the other space in the previous five years. Um, I'll out myself. I'll out myself. It, it really is in the perfect location. Like, it, it's, it's Look, close are, to Are everyone. you friendly with other dealers? Like, what's your, or like... Um, I am. I have... I wouldn't say that I have like a, a large support apparatus on the higher end in America, much more so in Europe. I don't know if that's because the American system is so much more competitive, but there are not um, in Europe. There are, are a number of, of people much older than me who've been very supportive, but in New York, it's been, I've had a more competitive experience and my uh, colleagues have been more like lateral in some mm. capacity. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, and uh, what are you doing shows this summer? Are you taking the summer off? Yeah, I'm going to do. Um, I have a, a photography show of work by Otto Gillen that's opening in two weeks, um, and then we'll do a group show. How many shows are you trying to do a year? Like in your ideal world, um, zero. Like, <laughs> zero. So I can just sit at home. No. Um, like seven or maybe. And will you be participating in any of the fairs in Switzerland in no. September if they take place? No. I. I mean, I just found. I haven't. I have yet to apply to the main fair um, in Switzerland. I just I found the experience of doing that fair so brutal for me that I'm not inclined to do it unless it really makes sense. Like you don't miss it. You're happy to no. be here. Happy yeah. to like go to the shop every day. Yeah. Exactly. You've got a beautiful new gallery. Yeah. It's an art fair. And I just it's so hot, Lista. It's just brutal. And it's, just, I think it'll be worse in early September. Yeah. yeah, yeah so sit, in June. sit for six. And I think it's six days long. It's mm. just too long. 
to sell to the same people you already know. Yeah, right. from New York. Because I don't think there'll be a lot of new people that don't go to all the fairs showing up on, the, on this iteration. No, because it's such a, such a... Just a weird time. Also, I think shipping bills are very expensive right now. It was an absolute pleasure to have you well, here. You we love you. you. We love your That's gallery. Fun. We love your energy. <laughs> and uh, we'll see everybody next time on Note to Benny. Note to Benny, out. Take care.